0: To set the scene for you, Missy Moo is asleep behind me on the couch. Thank God. Because she's on this buzz where she likes to stick her nose into lit flames. And I have a scented candle burning. Vanilla and honey scented candle. Very housewife vibes. Very domesticated. Very modern. Um, Yeah, which is actually in theme with today's podcast. But anyway, we'll get into that in a bit. In a bit. I wanted to talk a bit about myself first. It's a bit of me time. It's the only time of the week where I can, you know, it's all about me, 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 me. And I'm loving it, to be honest. Okay, so I've been feeling a bit stressed for the past like three days. Wasn't entirely sure why. Because sometimes I can suppress my emotions so much that it comes up then about two weeks later. Maybe two to three weeks could be a couple of days. So an event could occur and I don't process it uh, completely or correctly or rationally so then it comes back up again to bite me and i wake up uh in quotation marks on the wrong side of the bed as some would say so i'd wake up every single thing jason says is fucking irritating me he touches me and i'm like get off me god forbid he tries to have sex with me i'd literally be like we need to empty the dishwasher missy moo's crying outside the door um i haven't brushed my teeth yet i need to brush my hair someone needs to put a wash on do you know what i mean anyway so i was feeling kind of stressed and i know for myself, the usual signs are, I do a thing called stress baking. I don't know if it's an, an actual scientific term, but I, do, I know I do it myself. And in the past three days, do you want to know what I've baked for myself? Lemon meringue pie, dairy-free, of course. I do be on the eggs, though. Lemon meringue pie. Who is she? Then I made pain-o-chocolate. What? Six pain-o-chocolates. Then I made a quiche. Good night. Merry berry, eat your heart out. So the proof is in the pudding, quite literally, that I am very stressed out. Usually my go-to would be a banana bread, but I have surpassed that now because I'm full housewife mode. I am domesticated out of my head. There is literally oven mitts coming out of my ass at this stage. I have a, a, a thing of laundry on every single day. There's always laundry drying always on the eco mode, of course, eco detergent, of course. Anyway, just constantly doing so. There's like a constantly, there's a meal plan, meal prepared. I know what I'm doing in advance. I'm doing all the shopping. And I also, am um, like, have a career too. Yeah. And how this perfectly coincides with today's podcast is that we're doing it on feminism. Originally, I was going to do it Kind of uh, being like, here is how you can be a good feminist. Here's what feminism means. And here's my hot takes. I was going for that sort of energy because I've recently read a few books. I've read The Beauty Myth by Naomi Wolf. I've read, what is it called? Wait, no. I've read, uh, fuck. Oh yeah, Unscrewed by Jacqueline Friedman. And I've also read She Comes First by Ian Kerner. And I've also read... Oh yeah, Why Everyone Should Be a Feminist, right? So to my understanding, none of that is really on third wave feminism. I mean, The Beauty Myth was written written in the 90s. Uh, why We Should All Be Feminist, I'm pretty sure it was written in the 90s too, maybe the early 2000s. Um, the only kind of mo- like modern one or third wave feminism one is She Comes First, and that's even from a male author or a male perspective, and he's just a sexologist and psychologist, so it's not really you know, straight from the camel's back. It's not really coming from someone who wants equality. It was just like, here's how to give your girlfriend head, basically, if you're in a norm-head relationship. So I took a spin. I did a full 180. Yeah. A bit of a first lockdown quote there. That's actually giving me um, the shivers. Sorry that I did that. Anyway, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about was intersectionality and f- first it was my own ignorance I think or I just didn't think of it because I was like oh I'm I'm ingesting all of this information and I'm teaching myself all of these things and I'm educate my educating myself but for some reason I just w- thought it was assumed that intersectionality is a precedent to or just assumed that it goes along with feminism but what I didn't realize is that a lot of people don't associate themselves with the term but they do associate themselves with the ideologies, obviously, but just not the whole label in general because it's so heavily entwined with just Western white feminism or, you know, radical radical liberal uh, Nazi feminists sort of thing and how it was originated just by, like, white women getting what they want or feeling empowered. So I asked my stories what people thought, and this is where I got all of this from, because I thought it was just assumed that intersectionality was a thing or that... I would identify myself as an intersectional feminist, but you actually need to say intersectional before it because a lot of people do just associate themselves with Western white feminism. Um, and they think that it's just like women feeling empowered by, you know, getting an equal pay or being in more positions of power. But obviously, oh God, sorry, I'm going to burp. I need to pause. Obviously it runs a lot deeper than that because there are a lot more minorities that are marginalized more than... A white woman would be, do you know? So all of that has to be taken into consideration and taken into account. So here's the little stats on my story. I'm actually blind as about one second. I need to get my glasses on. Now, surprisingly enough, 94% said they did associate themselves as a, f- or consider themselves a feminist. But then I remembered, obviously the people who, I'm like, but their demographic who would follow me would probably be, you know, Western feminists. Do you know I, I'm screaming into the echo chamber. It's like people who would be like me. Do you know what I mean? But 6% voted no. And even still, a lot of those people messaged me saying that they clicked no by accident. I was wanting a little bit more of a controversial opinion or people to give like actual, honest, raw opinions of what they thought of when they heard or saw the word feminist. Now, people did give me good feedback. Obviously, there was a few boys being like, oh, girls giving out or like women screaming. Do you know what I mean? Uh, But that was expected. It was like two fake accounts. But I wanted actual comprehensive, descriptive reasons as to why someone wouldn't associate themselves with the label. Because I myself even questioned it a lot of the times. I, at one stage, probably about two years ago, was like, I'm not a feminist. I don't associate myself with feminism. I'm an egalitarian. But that wasn't because of the white Western feminist thing. It wasn't because of that as well. I wasn't even aware of that, that that was a thing. But um, it was because of, I didn't want to be associated with Nazi feminists or like radical feminists or misandry because I was loving men at the time. Now, now I am a bit more lenient, with misandry, I kind of understand it a bit more. Incel culture, pickup artists, which I'll be talking about soon. And also just my, it's just like a perpetuated or perpetual experiences with one-on-one sexism or like direct sexism that I've experienced myself. And I suppose that's kind of why. Also with doing a lot of work with SA and DV, it's uh, it's kind of, you know, it's reiterated and instilled in me a lot to be like, Oh, it's hard to have faith in men at the moment for me. But obviously you can't stroke them all with the same brush. I know that I'm in a hetero relationship. This is what people thought of when they first hear or see the word feminist. So the most answered one or yeah, the most commonly answered was probably gender equality or just equality without the gender before it. Next was man haters, trans rights, essay support, comprehensive sex education, hairy armpits, intersectionality, impairment, pissed off white girls, fairness, cringe, the moxie movie, great movie, fantastic movie, I fucking loved it so much, so cringy, but so good, it's like it's so bad that it's so good, do you know what I mean, anyway, uh, next was irrational or difficult, uh, White women slash girl boss, Malala Yousafzai, sexual liberation, aggressive and Nazi feminists. Obviously, there was a lot more answers there, but they were the general gist or the most commonly answered one. Um, and then the reasons why people were against feminism or against attaching themselves with the label of feminist was white Western cent. It's white Western centric. Genders are already equal. Uh, it needs more intersectionality like from BIPOC queer non-binary people. Someone said that they associated themselves or considered themselves a womanist or with womanism. I didn't even know if that was a thing. I don't know if they just made that up. Another person said they were a peopleist. I thought this was satirical, uh, that they were being serious. Next is men and women are (laughs) inherently, this is my favorite one, men and women are inherently different. I align with Jordan Peterson. Like I love the way they had to associate themselves with someone who already has a platform of being a conservative or being like so alt-right that it's like controversial and everyone's like, I actually agree with this. There's such a thing of like boys or men who associate themselves with Jordan Peterson as a controversial opinion or to make themselves seem more unique um, and then there's obviously the case with women who have internalized misogyny or like pick me girl energy, I suppose, that uh, have caught the Jordan Peterson bug or the Jordan Peterson virus where they're like, yeah, I'm not going to use the right pronouns. No, it's totally girls' fault if they get assaulted. I agree with this. I'm opposed to the idea... Of having to be nice to every woman if you are a feminist or if you consider yourself a feminist. It's not to make everyone feel good about themselves. It's not to be like, No, you're a woman. That you you should, you know, be confident in all your um convictions. Yes, you're the right to your own opinion. This is so right. If it lacks empathy and compassion and I disagree with it, obviously I'm gonna speak out about it. I'm not just gonna be like, oh, because a woman had this opinion. It's right. It's like, you know, when there's a female mass murderer, everyone's like, "Okay, girl boss." Unless, you know, she killed her abusive hum- husband, then I'm kind of like, meh. You know, she did good." Do you know what I mean? But other than that, I don't I don't agree with this whole like, "Oh, everyone be nice together. Let's all hold hands and run a, do ring ring a rosie under a rainbow." I don't think so. So, yeah, it was actually it was a girl who said that. Um, who said she aligned with Jordan Peterson very bad. No, uh, men and women inherently different. Inherently different in terms of their biological makeup, yeah. And men are probably most likely, or the majority of the time, a bit bigger, a bit stronger. The only time this was necessary was like in in some labor works. You know, when we worked on farms and women would be domesticated and stayed home to cook and clean because they weren't able to chase deers and, you know, chop down trees. But uh, I think we've surpassed the need for that. And it's like, we have more career opportunities for gender non-specific characteristics like creativity, intelligence, compassion, uh, which aren't gender specific. So there's no need for men and women to be treated differently uh, in modern day. Now that's personally speaking, you know, you can do your own bit of research on that yourself if you want, uh, you Jordan Peterson Stan. Anyway, I was surprised as well that a Peterson stan follows me. But maybe they just, maybe someone sent them the story. Sometimes people just answer my stories and don't follow me. Um, so maybe that was that. Anyway, and then another person said they need to calm down. That was, that's internalized misogyny being like, oh, activists need to quieten down. It's making us feel bad. Another thing that humans fall into, it's like, no, I only want to do something or fight for something if it makes me feel good. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's not supposed to make you feel good. Like, acknowledging your privileges doesn't feel nice. Being like, oh, I'm white, so I have lots of privileges. And, you know, I'm not that marginalized compared to a woman of color, a black woman, a trans person. Humans are in this competition to be more and more, more and more oppressed than the other. It's like, I'm more oppressed than you, you know, like a white woman would be like, no, I experienced sexism to someone who is like black and trans. You know, that it doesn't stand up. It's like sometimes some people's voices need to be heard more than others, even though obviously every single struggle is relative and relevant. But again, it is relative in terms of if you put things into perspective, sometimes things are more urgent than others. Um, so that's, I suppose, why people do reject feminism or being a feminist is because they believe that you know, black women need to be heard, trans women need to be heard and it's not allowing for that within the feminist movement because it's more like white women running the show or like being the spokesperson of it, which is why I obviously decided against the theme of this whole podcast was going to be me being like, here's how to be a feminist. Grow your armpit here, Do you know what I mean? Stop baking for your husband and fucking go out there into the workforce. Um, I don't know. Why did I put on that accent for that? That was weird. It's not my feminist voice. Oh, I didn't even finish this list. Okay, so need to calm down. Uh, the whole stigma around being a social justice warrior. Oh yeah, and then someone wrote, as a black woman, I've never felt that movement saw me or fought for me. Totally valid point. Um, Someone else wrote, it's the bare minimum and should be like morally acceptable for everyone to just have those ide- ideologies built into them. I think that is a naive look on the world, or yeah, a naive look on the world to just assume that people believe that genders are equal. Par example, A, the Jordan Peterson stand. Obviously, that's not realistic. People don't think that the genders are equal. People don't believe that women deserve more or deserve the same rights as men. Some people don't believe that black women uh, don't deserve the right, the same rights as white women or uh, some people think that trans people don't deserve any rights at all um so that is a naive outlook on the world and that's why people do attach do attach themselves with labels or to be like I do believe in this thing otherwise it's like how do you express that to another person in a short period of time you know people are usually are quick to know the ideologies that are attached to feminism if you just say, I am a feminist, rather than being like, I believe that all genders are equal, deserve the same rights. I believe we should have equal pay. I believe that we should have more women in positions of power and all these things, female genital mutilation shouldn't be a thing anymore. You know, people, uh, girls being sex trafficked and sold on the black market shouldn't be a thing anymore. There shouldn't be women and children working in uh, sweatshops for pretty little things, Peg the Patriarchy t-shirts, do you know what I mean? Yup, Cara Levine. Anyway, that was great for her. Great moment for her at the Met. I'm being sarcastic, by the way, just in case people don't know. Someone else said, oh yeah, this is actually f- crazy, that apparently Emma Watson was revered and thought that she was at the forefront of like the feminist movement because she has been paid the same as her male counterparts, but as well, she gets paid fucking millions. And this is no like sign of justice or like, some sort of resolution for women around the world it's not really solving anything it's just like oh my god you got paid 10 million for this movie the same as your man who played harry potter that's crazy that that's one for the girls like i don't think that's benefit you know good for all for the collective of women as a whole or like any other non-male identifying genders so thank you to everyone if you did contribute to my stories that was very interesting and very thought-provoking even for myself because you know sometimes I can be like I'm I read books I'm educated I know exactly what I'm gonna say I know exactly how I think and I'm a very progressive and a self-aware person but the thing is like I said about the discomfort I had to face my own prejudices and biases, biases to be like I'm a feminist. When I am actually just a Western white feminist, I have taken part in the whole like faux powerment, girl boss energy buzz. Everyone's gone through that stage, you know, gone through that phase at some stage, I'd say with fucking, you know, Tumblr, but first coffee. Don't talk to me before my morning coffee. I've gone through my stage of thinking that casual sex was some sort of, form of sexual liberation I thought that doing sex work was some sort of uh, liberation for the collective as well it's like I had to do a trial and error thing where I actually have to go out of my way to fail to learn these things one of my fatal flaws obviously but now I'm still learning and growing as a person and you know a lot of things that you do have to face to be like okay I'm not actually as good as a person that I think I am that is uncomfortable and it doesn't make you feel good like myself like I like myself like I said, um I don't want to be like, oh, I'm disappointing Black women everywhere because I'm white. You know, I do have white guilt and shame. As you probably should, if you are a white person, you probably should, to be honest. Um but I do recommend if you do have white guilt or shame, I do recommend reading What White People Do Next by uh oh my god, Irish author. She's a, she re- she wrote uh, Don't Touch My Hair. What? Oh my god, people are going to be screaming then screaming in their AirPods now. I love how I only reference AirPods as if no one has any other form of ear or like speakers. They're just like, I'm like, every single other person has AirPods. That's a, such a, a privileged perspective for me to have as well. But it's actually, I'm doing it in like a jokey way, but it comes across probably, as, I'm just like, everyone surely has AirPods. Do you know what I mean? No, but I'm, you know, one sec, I'm just going to look up that all. Emma Dabbery. Like, I'm literally one of her biggest fans. I've seen her in London before and I was like, oh my God, that's Emma Dabbery. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, where was I going with this? Fuck. I actually have a little sticky note to keep me on track, but I also always just jump up and down from each topic. So I never have one continuous train of thought. It's all just like jumping all over the place. Have you seen that uh, diagram of all the spiders? And they take all the different types of drugs and they analyze the types of webs that they make. So they do one with a uh, spider on coke, marijuana, caffeine, and something else. I can't remember. Maybe it's crystal meth, something like that. Anyway, I feel like oh my god, I'm gonna burp again. One sec. If you look that up, I think I'm the spider with on the caffeine. It's really like a sporadic, like all over the place sort of web. That's me all the time. I love it. I remember I told my mom I was diagnosed with ADHD, and she was like, Ah, uh, you're not, you're just a bit quirky. You're just a bit quirky and eccentric. And um, she's like, all these kids are obsessed with diagnosing themselves these days. And I was like, ma'am, pause right there. Let me do a voice recording and use this material in a book or screenplay. Thank you so much. Anyway, she's an, she now is an eccentric woman, I'll tell you that for sure. She just sends me selfies randomly during the day if she thinks she looks good. You know, like if you're on Instagram and you've just done your makeup and you're, you're like two glasses of wine in or whatever your preference drink is, you're having a bottle or whatever, a cocktail. I don't discriminate. Anyway, so you're having your two beverage, beverage, beverageinos, and you're like, okay, I'm, the lighting's looking pretty good. I'm just going to take a quick selfie before I go out. And you're like, I look. So good. It's a level of like deluded confidence. Even though it's probably not deluded, I'm sure you're all very, very good looking. But you're so obsessed with how you look and that just in that moment, you're like, I have to take the perfect sent- selfie immediately. My life depends on it. My mom is just like, we'll, we'll have that level of confidence throughout the day. Just take me a selfie. Send it to me on WhatsApp and just with the caption, chilling. That's it. Chilling. What a icon. Total the, gr- the grammar there was off. What um I meant to say? A-N. Okay, sorry. My train of thought is all over the place at the moment. So I am going to quote a few things now from Unscrewed by Jacqueline Friedman. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. It could be Friedman. I don't know. But anyway, she said, um, Feminism is a matter of teaching young men right from wrong at an early age. It's also of giving women unfettered access to healthcare, of changing the way we represent women in our media, and of keeping... Re- religion out of our public policies. She also says there is a troubling history of mistreatment and dehumanization of women from minority groups and they continue to be most vulnerable to violence. Um, She also talks about how if people are seen as different it's like a psychological uh, reaction that goes on in people's brains where it decreases their empathy so that's why there's so much violence against say the most violent or marginalized group to me from my understanding and my education I could be wrong but it is trans black women and that's why they are subjected to so much violence is because people see them as so different and so outside of the norm even though there's nothing wrong or like dehuman or unhuman about their existence They're people just like me and you. They are human. But for some reason, there's a reaction, probably particularly in men's brains who have lower level capacities of empathy. That's an actual fact as well. They have less grey matter than women are born with or like females. When you're... If you... You you can identify as anything, but if you were born with the biological makeup of a female, you have more grey matter in your brain, which uh, produces the empathy. That's where like all the empathy lives in your head. Anyway, so men have less of grey matter. So I'm assuming that's why it decreases their empathy so much to the point where they actually don't have any at all. So that's why I understand where there is a biological difference between men and women. I totally understand that. I totally get that. But there is no reason to treat them differently in terms of equality. Jordan Peterson. This is going to be like a Jordan Peterson hate podcast. Sorry, I meant to say Jordan Peter hate podcast. I meant to say Jordan Peterson roast. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So my next point or the next segment of this podcast is going to be on faux powerment. And I talk a lot about about the girl boss terminology or girl boss discourse. Not that a lot of people know about it. It's just because I've been repeating myself so much, but in such small increments, I find it hard to do it again on a larger platform. For example, I've written an article on girl boss isms or the redundancy of the term girl boss. But the article isn't really like out yet, so it just feels like you know I've already talked about it. I also gave a speech on how feminism isn't compatible under capitalism in Trinity in the film, but only obviously a certain amount of people saw that. So I feel like I've already talked about it so much, but I might as well just repeat myself one more time for the podcast. The reasoning why girl boss is such a stupid concept, and was. Rejected almost immediately anyway. It was made into a meme, like, yeah, straight away anyway. But it just has to be mentioned, just in case some people do associate themselves with Girl Boss, or a lot of people were saying in the question box, being like, why they don't associate themselves with feminism is because it is attached to this, like, Girl Boss faux powerment narrative. And the reasoning why it was rejected immediately is because well, like, like I said in my speech, is that feminism is incompatible under capitalism just because a woman is able to em- now emulate a position of a man. And I think this is why people are under this impression that men and women are already equal. It's like, women can work now. Women can vote. May I add that it was only white women that were able to vote when that came out. Um, It's not an act of liberation if now some woman can be the CEO of an oil digging company or like the CEO of a company that makes military weapons or for example Molly May Haig being like the creative director of PLT and now is able to use slave is like promoting slave labour and is able to wear polyester whenever she wants and is like getting six figures or whatever this is an, an example of faux powerment and it's not <laughs> liberating women as a whole and now I think with third or intersectional or third wave feminism every single woman in the world even marginalized women and minority groups have to be included in this conversation so for a woman to be CEO of some fast fashion company it is still exploiting women in other parts of the world in ways of slave la- slave labor and also ecological breakdown where farmers and women in like say fucking Sudan are going through droughts and can't provide for their families. It's also in a lot more insidious ways, for example, in terms of sexual liberation, this is where I ca- kind of slipped up a lot when I was growing up or like in my teenage years or early, actually still probably up until last year, I'd say, where it's seen, it's. Promoted as, like, casual sex. Oh, this is an act of liberation for women. You're getting your freedom now. You're equal as men. You enjoy sex just as much as men. Women have always enjoyed sex just as much as men. But the reasoning behind why we didn't engage in casual sex is because we'd be ostracised by society, obviously. If women had sex before marriage, they'd be seen as dirty or... Dirty. The way I said that. Dirty. Or they'd be seen, you know, sluts and stuff. Anyway, so we'd be called loads of slurs. But also... Even now, modern day sexual liberation, women are scared to have casual sex or people with vaginas are scared to have casual sex because it's dangerous or unsafe for us. We're not going to be going home with some... If you were a het normie, you're not going to be going home with some random man because the probability of you being assaulted is quite high, actually. And the probability of you being blamed for that is also quite high. And it's been perpetually portrayed in media over and over again. For example, like Fifty Shades of Grey, people are reading that being like, yes, this woman is having casual sex with this man who's completely dominating her and is quietly, quite uh, emotionally abusive, in my opinion. Also, uh, some rich white man is just completely manipulating her. And then also another example of it is Hugh Hefner, who is a self-proclaimed feminist. He likes to call himself, even though every Playboy bunny is like a Eurocentric beauty type blonde and white and all have this wholesome girl next door vibe to them so that they don't come across as too assertive or that they fall in line with a male dominated relationship and they don't challenge that traditional tradition of a male dominated relationship or they're inoffensive to male sensibilities uh sex now obviously has from time been a se- uh, been a commodity but most of the time uh, it's assumed it's a commodity from women men hope to buy buy it from women as a low price as possible this is reflected in this new era of like male pickup artists which then in turn turn into incels which we've seen what's that book called it's like why why men hate women I think I haven't read it though, but it's about incels. There's, I think Laura Bates, is that who wrote it? I can't remember. Um, but there's this whole thing of male pickup artists and they make these YouTube videos and they're like, okay, so what you have to do is you have to ignore her for a while, look over, look over at her, don't buy her any drinks, be very mean to her, and then she'll go home with you. It's like this formula that they give. And then all these like lonely socially inept men are watching these videos being like okay this guy knows what he's talking about it's like some relatively good-looking guy who will get like some girl Jordan Peterson fan to have sex with him and he thinks that he's God's gift and he's like I have sex with a lot of women so he thinks that constitutes him the ability to teach other people on it anyway so all these lonely men are taking all of this into account writing notes on it and then Proceed to act, act it out in real life, I presume. But obviously there's some flaws there. Um, they're probably a bit odd. And lo and behold, like women just won't have sex with them because of, there's this f- certain formula. And then there's this whole Reddit forum now being like, women are all sluts just because they won't uh, go home with them at night time. And it's not that, again, it's not this idea that women can't enjoy sex. The only part of the human anatomy or human body that that sole purpose is to receive pleasure is the clitoris. And it's only people with vaginas that have these. And the only reason that men ejaculate or have to insert is to procreate, not even to just feel pleasure. It's literally just so they can make more babies. And there's this thing in America that conservative politicians basically get in cahoots then with Christian organizations because... They think they'll get this vote of the evangelical Christians if they take on their ideologies such as, you know, anti-abortion uh and, you know, contraception. So there was this thing created in America that's called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And this basically means that you can do something or refuse someone a service just beca- based off of your religion, but it's ba- it's only really to benefit Christians. So for example, a Christian pharmacist can refuse someone uh, emergency contra- contraception because it goes against their religious values. Even though, I don't know if it actually says that in the Bible being like, woman must not abort, like abort, abort, abort. I don't think so. Um, and also there's a thing where, These evangelical Christian groups have set up healthcare facilities, in quotation healthcare facilities, that are similar to crisis pregnancy centres and they pretend to be a clinic that can perform abortions. But they show traumatising and gruesome medical footage of like, you know, those things. It's Planned Parenthood, there was this fake video going around of Planned Parenthood, basically showing an x-ray or an ultrasound of a hoover, an actual sucking device going inside a woman's vagina and sucking out a fetus. And it was like, the baby in the ultrasound looked about six months old. Like that's not even legal to abort a six month old baby. I think it's what, like, probably 12 weeks. Something like that. Anyway, so it's not even possible. Like, the embryo would literally be so small so you wouldn't even see it. It wouldn't even come up in the ultrasound. And I highly doubt they're putting Henry the Hoover up your fucking vagine. Um, Anyway, so there's these fake clinics that show, like, traumatising and gruesome medical footage to manipulate people out of terminating their pregnancies. How fucked is that? I don't know now if... What's his name? Louis through. Is it Louis Theroux? Louis Theroux. Something like that. How do you pronounce it? I don't know. Anyway, I don't don't know if he's done a documentary on these things, but maybe he should. Maybe I should get in contact. Anyway... Um, so what, so you're probably wondering, what is the solution to all of these things? I've been given out now for the past 40 minutes, but it's like, what are we actually supposed to do? We're not supposed to like, we have the right to vote. We have all these things, especially as like a Western white woman. I don't come in, I don't come face to face with that much discrimination in my day, in my daily life. You know, slightly when a man is talking to me, he'll talk down to me. I won't be considered for a lot of things. I probably has less of a chance of getting hired in some position of power than a man does. Um, but other than that, I don't face that much discrimination. That could be though, because I don't leave the house that much though either. Do you know what I mean? But I do recognize that a lot, being in a heteronormative relationship, sometimes, I'm not gonna go into specifics now, just to embarrass him. Now, Jason is a lovely person, a lovely man. He's very. He was raised by older sisters, which is a very, very big green flag for men if you are looking for one at the moment. I really recommend that as the biggest green flag. If they have older sisters, for some reason, they're able to see women as humans more. Oh. Um. Anyway, and I have been with the boys before that only have brothers. It makes a huge difference. So anyway, I've noticed in our relationship, if we come into contact with some sort of conflict, if we're having fights, a lot of times, it can be it can be brought back to him just being slightly sexist or just having slight, slight, now slight misogynistic views, but it's like in so internalised that it's not noticeable. It's only noticeable to me as his partner because, you know, you're living with him every single day and it's like what is engraved in his brain and if I wasn't so vigilant on noticing my internalized misogyny, I would probably agree with him. So that's like how unnoticeable it is in everything in everyday life for me. But the only reason I attach myself with the word feminist, feminist or want to promote feminism is because the way I see it is like intersectional. But I think a lot of people are looking for new terminology so it's not so you're like white woman focused or like it's not just giving me, me as a white woman, a huge platform. That's not what I'm here to do. And um, it's not for me to fight for my rights. It's for every other marginalized group, but also especially women who are marginalized or are minorities or non-male identifying people, so non-binary. So one one of the main ways we can tackle misogyny in this world, or just general sexism, is to teach abstinence over... Wait, I did that backwards. Teach contraception over abstinence in school. This is kind of a small thing, but it is... It it does coincide with a lot of um, feminist ideologies. And a lot of things that is contributing to the level of sexual assault is how it's taught in schools and how there isn't proper sex education at an early age, especially for men. It's just kind of just like here's you get STIs you can get women pregnant so don't have sex rather than having a realistic approach and being like if you do have sex here's all the different types of contraception you can take if you do have sex maybe ask for consent first you know what I mean maybe not a suggestion I mean like actually ask for consent first this is what consent looks like and I think there's such a misunderstanding or a misconception of what Trigger trigger warning, by the way. this I'm just going to talk about sexual assault for a quick bit. You can skip through. Um, It'll probably be about three or four minutes. There's a misconception on what rape is. And I think a lot of times, the way men especially view it is like, woman wearing a short skirt, walks down a dark, dark lane at nighttime, gets attacked by crazy, feral man with knife. She gets brought to ground and raped against her will with a knife against her neck. When majority of the time... That is not how it happens. Majority of the time it is by people that you know and love. Majority of the time it's by people that you're in a relationship relationship with. Obviously there is a percentage and a probably high enough percentage of times that it happens with people that you don't know. There's a high percentage that happens when it is, when you're walking home alone at night. But very rarely I'd say, I think that's the rarest one actually, that circumstance because women are terrified. Girls are so scared to even just exist. The sun sets at 4pm in London. I do not leave the house. I don't leave the house when it's dark anymore unless I am with my partner because I cannot be arsed. I'm literally craving big scary dog privileges. I just want big scary dog. And that's not even just my fear for being raped. It's literally like I could be kidnapped at any point. It's like I always see people that I follow who live in London. There's stories of like women just seen in North London getting pushed into a van and driven away. Like what? There's obviously... Girls that go missing constantly around every part of London and, and all over the world, obviously. But that's why it's so terrifying because it is actually more common than it should be. Even in, in this day and age where like people have phones and shit. I don't even know the logistics of how that works. But anyway, it's happening. Rape is by someone that you know and trust. It's It could be someone not pulling out. It, be, it could be someone ejaculating inside you without consent. It can be someone... Not even asking you if this is okay. It can be someone uh, uns- t- sending un- unsolicited nudes. That's a form of sexual harassment. It's someone sending your nudes into a group chat. That's sexual harassment as well. um, Or online-based sexual abuse. Abused. B- abused. What, why am I put, add, adding a D to the end of that? It's just... It's so complex or actually it's not even that complex it's just so broad that like people just think it's one certain thing so they don't attach themselves with that or men just assume they're like I'm not a rapist because I'm not a scary man who's like stalking girls in the middle of the night even though they're probably, like, taking advantage of girls, um, not seeing women as, like, normal people, thinking that they're entitled to sex, watching mainstream porn as their form of education or thinking that, that that's okay when it's, like, forced upon them, thinking it's a sensual thing because a lot of um, porn categories is, like, to do with non-consensual, even though it's obviously not titled that. It's not, like, non-consensual. It's, like, literally... Oh, this man shoves his penis in woman's mouth ma- they don't even say penis so he does like, shoves huge penis in woman woman's mouth she doesn't even want it you know what I mean and the biggest searched um the biggest search category of rape is teen even though obviously a lot of actresses or uh, porn stars are of age they just have you know a younger look to them it's still pandering to Pedophilia, and a lot of men are justifying that being like, Oh, well, the porn star is she, she's 21, it's fine, but it's like you are still like wanting this fantasy of someone not being of age or not, or like not being of legal age to even legally consent to having sex with you. Um, and it's such a common thing and it's so normalized as well for some reason. But anyway, enough of that. What we need then is comprehensive sex education in schools. For example, in the Netherlands, they have one of the the best sexual education courses in the whole world and they have one of the lowest global rates of teen pregnancies. Now, again, proof is in the pudding. I'm going to bake myself a le- another lemon meringue now. I might bake myself an apple pie tomorrow just to prove how true that is. And it's just like... Do you know why it's not integrated in schools? It's because the majority of positions of power, especially in governmental positions of power, are men. And they don't think there's a problem because they're not subjected to assault as much as women are. Now, obviously they are, there's still a percentage of men who are assaulted, but the majority are women sorry i had to burp there again so i paused it but that reminds me of another thing when i was giving that speech in trinity not speech taking part in the debate i don't know what i was calling a speech giving the taking part in the debate in trinity about feminism being incompatible with capitalism a td for Finnegale was also talking on the opposing opposing for she was against Yeah, yeah, she disagreed. Anyway, Fine TD normally obviously wouldn't be my cup of tea. People before profit all the way for me, obviously. Sorry, I need to burp again. Jesus, what is wrong with me? And I was excited for her to actually go up because I like hearing a different opinion to my own because it makes you think more and you're like, maybe I and you know, seeing the big picture here. Anyway, so she goes up and I thought she was going to talk about, like, you know, Fine is being landlords and she wants to own all the property she wants. So that's why she wants con- capitalism to continue. She actually took a total, like, turnaround of uh, what I was expecting. And she literally was like, every single time I'm called in to do a speech or a talk or brought back to Trinity, she's, like, a very well-educated woman. She has a master's in political science. I'm pretty sure she lectured for a while. Anyway, she went to Trinity and UCD and she has... Loads of degrees, very academic not like myself anyway so she went up and she was just like every single time I'm called back to do these things is not because I'm educated or I'm an expert in this field or people want to know what hear what I have to say it's always about about being a woman in politics people just want to have her there because she's a female in politics and every time she like there's a an election running every time someone interviews her on tv radio any form of media they're just like how does it feel to be a woman in politics and she says she's never noticed a difference until people fucking ask her and I think that's the whole thing but like western white feminism there's not really any need for it anymore and people are just bringing it up to be like a virtue signally or something even though I hate the term virtue signaling it's just like trying to shut down activists being like you're virtue signaling you don't actually care about this issue um anyway so I think yeah that's the whole thing like she just no, I don't know what her morals are, to be honest. I didn't have an in-depth conversation with her. I do follow her on Instagram. I love, I think she's an icon. She looks great. Even though she is a Finnegaler, I'll say it again, she is a Finnegaler. And I, you know, I surprised myself. But I, again, I can still like people regardless of their moral compasses, unless they are a Jordan Peterson stand. Stan. That's where I draw the line. That's where, that's the cutoff point. I can't do it after that. He's just, I just can't do it. Now, I would love to be a politician, to be honest, but it's just the stress and the, the the wrinkles it would give me, the frown lines I would get, and just, I would probably lose my voice constantly, but I would love to see more women having seats, you know, in the Senate or in the DAL. I would love more women to be speaking at the UN. I would love more women to be in the legal system. I would love more women... Uh, just to be in positions of power in general. Now, not necessarily to be like CEOs of companies, brand ambassadors and all these things. I mean, like actually making change in terms of law and legislation. But my take on it was like, why I was embarrassed about being a feminist or like, say if I was like, I want to be in a position of power and how I think people view feminism a lot of the time is like, you know, people who who ask what your pronouns are and they have blue hair, And uh, they're screaming at the top of their lungs and all this shite, you know what I mean? Just being meanies, meanie pants. Like, why does it matter what colour hair they have? Maybe progressive people just like colour, you know what I mean? Like a bit of colour, rather than you uh, conservative grey heads. Your hair is greying. They're just jealous because they're all grey. No, I'm being mean now. Anyway, I'm being ageist all of a sudden. Um, I didn't mean to profile conservatives there either I always just assume that conservatives are like boomers even though there are a lot of conservatives that are my age and they're the scary ones Fine Gael youth um, in every single college in Dublin I've only come in contact with the ones in Dublin obviously there are Fine Gael youth um, societies in other colleges around Ireland but they're terrifying, really scary so I think feminism evokes some sort of like aggression or condescension because we're always seen as like these jealous unhappy and incapable of finding a man it's like oh she needs a good ride she hasn't seen a penis in whatever 10 years she needs to have sex and she fucking no men finds her no man finds her uh, attractive so that's why she's shouting about hating men And it's just a big confusion about, like, being mixed up with misandry. Like, obviously there are misandrists that exist. I've gone through my own phase of being a misandrist myself. And it wasn't influenced by my lack of sex or any of that sort of shite. I just generally was sick of them. I think I was fighting with my dad at the time. And I was just like, do you know what? I'm over it. I hate them all. But I've obviously, I've surpassed that uh, thought process. And now I love every human except for Jordan Peterson fans. Anyway, but there, there's this thing with, especially myself, because I don't want to be associated with this whole stigma around feminism, that's like, you are militant and fucking horrible and screaming at the top of your lungs and you're so unpleasant to be around, is because it's so deeply ingrained for us to be pleasing and inoffensive to men and, be agreeable and attractive and submissive. I still find myself doing this with Jason. I'm literally like, baby, I've ironed your underwear. Baby, no. Baby, I don't like fighting. Please, no. Baby, I've made your lunch, but I'm going to clean up after because you poor thing, you're working all day, even though I have a job myself. You know, it doesn't really make any sense. I'm taking the majority of the labor of love on, in quotation marks, labor of love, which is like the domestics in the house. I'm taking it on as myself because I'm like, Oh, maybe he'll love me a bit more. I'm going to be revered now for being a good woman. I'm going to be seen as like, this is what a woman is supposed to do. These are, this is the criteria that makes a good woman. Even though I've realized now, it's not because I'm trying to please him or like be more agreeable and attractive and submissive to him because I couldn't give a shite. I've noticed that now in conflict when we're fighting. I'm like, no, actually I'm kind of right now. Anyway, the reason why I'm doing it is because I know I will do a better job. And it's not because I, I, you know, I haven't really given him a chance to do it. But when I have, I'm like, I'm too much of a control freak to let them do it. I also work from home. So I'm like, I would love to put a podcast on and just bake something or n to be honest. So that is my reasoning for doing it. And I think it's so important as well to realize that you don't have to encompass masculine traits to be a feminist you don't have to wear a suit to work to be like oh now I'm being more uh, egalitarian I'm seen as more I, I'm more respectable now I'm taken more seriously because I'm taking on more masculine traits that is not how we're going to eradicate sexism by taking on more masculine traits it's that every human is, is allowed to express themselves as they wish as long as it is from a love ethic and with compassion and and empathy. Obviously, I'm not being like, oh, you can, you know, use hate speech now because you're expressing yourself. That's not what I mean at all. It's this is in line with, you know, men being allowed to talk about their feelings, men not having to be so stoic and fucking detached from emotions, that men being allowed to cry, you know, just generally uh, having more effeminate qualities and that being okay, And each gender being able to differentiate between masculinity and femininity as they please. You know what I mean? Just because you're a feminist doesn't mean you have to grow out your armpit hair. It doesn't mean that you have to fucking not wear makeup ever again or uh, dye your hair blue. You don't have to do all of those things. You can do whatever, you can express yourself freely in whatever way you want to. If you want to fall in line with the, what's the, regular beauty type or the standard the beauty standard that's so fine too because it is hard to exist you can't do it all at once it's so you uh, like I'm like it's hard being a woman um there this is me again with the discomfort thing I do recommend reading um girls would be girls by Emer O'Toole because she Her act of like radical feminism or yeah her act of radical feminism was to stop doing all the things that fall in line with the beauty standards so she stopped shaving Um, she stopped caring about what she looked like in terms of her body because a lot of times you know women are judged a lot for what body shape they have and it's like it's expected of us to be tiny tiny tiny. Um, or, like, BSI six 6 for the rest of our lives, even though we have childbearing hips. It makes absolutely no sense. Anyway, so she took it upon herself to do all of these things, and then one day, she bleached her hair, she wore a dress on a night out, and she, like, did her makeup, and she was treated completely differently because when she's on the tube and, like, it's a hot day and she's flashing her hairy legs, people do tend to stare at her. And that's the thing. Like, I personally do grow out my body hair, but I am in a position of privilege because... My hair is, I have fair body hair. Like, I have about three armpit hairs on my left armpit. It's pathetic. But it's not because I'm taking some radical act of feminism. It's because I literally don't care enough. I'm like, every partner that I'm with doesn't care. And not that that matters. You shouldn't be doing things to please your partner anyway. But I don't fucking care either. The only thing I care about is when my bush gets too big and it's like getting caught in my underwear and all, it gets a bit uncomfortable. So I just tend to trim it um I did buy six I have talked about like six things in the last five minutes I did buy six sessions of laser hair removal and I only went to one and it hurt so much so I never went back and I've already paid for the six but I just never went back so I it does look like I have like um alopecia on my budge I have like vagine alopecia so it's like sporadic hairs it looks really funny but like you know really weird um, but I'm loving it. It's, you know, a bit of uniqueness. Bit of uniqueness, nerve and talent. Charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. Ah! Me talking about, like, the traditional... Me being, like, a traditional housewife vibes. We do have the social... Or, and also being wanted to be agreeable and pleasant to everyone, even though, like, I know there's a lot of issues that we have to stand up for to make change. It's not like... You're not going to make change by just sitting on your arse and being like, oh, no, I want to please everyone and make them feel good about themselves. No change is ever going to come from that. It's like, oh, Donald Trump you know, you didn't mean it. We don't want to make you feel anxious and bad. You know, yeah, you're allowed to express yourself. Have your opinions. Be racist. That's fine. You know what I mean? It's like there has to be some sort of limit to it where we do have to hold people accountable and make ourselves feel uncomfortable and acknowledge our biases and our privileges, which isn't a nice feeling, like I said earlier on in the podcast. But anyway, we have these social norms and expectations of each other and because humans are inherently social beings we want to still be part of the pack and we don't want to step too out of line of that and the reasoning then why like sexism is such a perpetual issue or just inequality in general is because it's so deeply entrenched this pattern of like men in power and oh that's just how life is I don't want to disrupt the status quo so I'm just going to let it go on so that's kind of why but to to continue fighting against this it's like you actively actively have to challenge this conception that um we have to adhere to all these like traditional values and the social patterns and the social norms of each other um like i said we have we don't have to adhere to the traditional masculine norms to prove our worth or to be like uh wearing a suit as an act of radical feminism and to relate back to the what someone said on my story is that we have to move by or past gender blindness because a lot of people are like, I don't see no issues. I feel is equal to my male counterparts, so I don't think sexism exists, which is obviously it could be a, uh, just a lack of education or awareness, but it could be a lot of ignorance as well because you're only looking at it from your own perspective and not understanding that other people around the world have lives as well. And other people need to be st- like stuck up for, stuck up for, sticking, no. You have to stick up for other people, especially if you come from a place of privilege, use that privilege to fight for someone else's rights. So someone who's a bit more mar- marginalised than you. And just because you don't think about gender differences doesn't mean you're free of sexism either. A lot of women, even who who uh, acknowledge or consider themselves as feminist, do have a lot of, of internalised misogyny. I obviously do as well. The odd time, I'm like... I You know, like how everyone hated Taylor Swift. Remember that? Because she was like an outspoken feminist and she had loads of boyfriends and she was too skinny and everyone was like, oh, we hate her. But now everyone's loving her because we've surpassed that. But now it's going to be something else as well when we realise... And obviously we're all learning and growing all the time and constantly evolving and changing. I might change my opinions even from this podcast, in a week, if I read another article or someone else explains something to me a bit better and I start understanding a bit more because it's hard to have awareness of someone else's life experience if you're not going out of your way or actively educating yourself on it, if you're just staying within your own bubble. And you have to have a lot of privilege to have the ability to even do that, I know, because say if you have like really bad depression and you're apathetic, it's obviously, it's a very... um, all-encompassing disease that people have you're not going to be reading up on natural disasters and like people who are exploited in the developing countries because you're obviously just suffering a lot as yourself as a person but if you feel like you are in the mental state or you have the capacity to educate yourself a bit more on literally anything or any social injustices I really recommend it it's going to give you a bit more delayed gratification and it's not all about, make again, it's not all about making yourself feel good, but just better for the collective. If you do want a better world and you're constantly giving out about it, or you're just saying terms that you've heard on TikTok, being like, I'm a communist, I'm a socialist, or you're attaching yourself to these labels, but not actually bringing every, any evidence to the table to prove that or adhere to that label at all. You need to start educating yourself on it, and especially on educating yourself on how to make change Personally, I would love to see some change in the education system. I think that's the root of everything is like just to educate people and it would completely change. Oh, sorry. I did burp a little bit there in the microphone. It would change every, everything. It would change, it would be such a huge, huge help for People it would benefit everyone. If there was education on different genders, if there was educa- like comprehensive sex education, if there was education on consent, courses on fucking, you know, mental health more even in things or exploitation, if British people were taught about how Britain colonized Ireland. I can't believe that's not a thing. People don't know that Britain colonized Ireland. It's just like they wear the poppy and they're like, yeah, loads of our people died. But it's like you literally, the black and tans literally murdered loads and loads of Irish people. Anyway, I'm not going to, maybe I'll save that for another day. But anyway, and the a lot of time as well, people think black and tans is like a racist term that Irish people are saying because I said it at a party once and people were giving me the side eye. Black and tans is in relation to the uniforms that they would wear. So these British people, it was basically like an undercover Garda sort of buzz. It was like undercover military and they would wear um a, a black and tan like uniform and they would go into houses and basically um rape the wives steal the children and murder the husbands and like they would do this thing called capping where they would like carve uh, the skin of the skull off off someone and like peel it off anyway yeah love the brits so i was uh, ending it on a good note that wasn't even in relation to feminism at all but anyway um Jesus, I hope that podcast was even helpful at all. I was jumping all over the gaff with that. I See, I do a lot better when I write things down. Like I could script a whole podcast and it would be really, really good and articulate and very comprehensive. But it's just when I'm talking about things, my mind races and I trip over my words and I start a sentence and then finish another one. Anyway, please share this podcast if you liked it. I hope you learned something or it helped in some way. And I also have a Patreon if you do want to support me because you can't monetize uh, podcasts. And this is what I want to do now for the rest of my life. No, not the rest of my life. You know what I mean? This is my side hustle now because I'm not really into Sorry, I don't know what happened there. It just stopped recording for some reason. As I was saying, I'm not into YouTube anymore. This is what I'm going to be doing now for the foreseeable. And I'm doing a bit of writing. And that's it. I'm writing a book at the moment. I was taking up a lot of my time, a lot of my mental capacity. So I'm just going to be doing a podcast because I think it's actually good training for my ADHD to be able to speak. And because I'm not getting a lot of social stimulation either, because I have a lot of social anxiety at the moment. Uh, it's going to help me now when I do eventually go out into the outside world and start talking to people again. Um, I need to start speaking properly and more coherently. And yeah, And I just want to make a better difference. Educating people. Not that I think that I have the right to do that. Or I'm like, I am a lot more educated than a lot of people. But I just know it's a lot some comfort of other people are socially anxious out there. And not really socializing that much. A podcast is a good way to feel like you are. And I always have podcasts on when I'm cooking. And I just love them. So yeah, hopefully you loved it. Please share it if you liked it. Uh, It helps me a lot with the support and I also in case anyone is looking to binge the episodes I had to make private all the ones that me and Ellie did together because she's deleting her social media footprint at the moment she's like deleting all of everything she's going completely offline which I respect so much I wish I could do it but that's why I'm getting into writing because I would love to do it myself anyway I hope you like this and I love y'all goodbye